Alex, but I want to know about... Sit down, Mr. Cheswick. I want to... Give him a cigarette, will you, Harding? My last one. That's a fucking lie. Why don't you give him a cigarette? Well, look, I'm not running a charity award, see? Come on. Look, I don't want his cigarettes, and I don't want his, or his, or his, or his, or his, or his, or even yours. Do you understand that? I want my cigarettes, Miss Ratched. I want my cigarettes. What's up, everybody? Um, so, for those of you who don't know, this, this show is called So What Did You Think? It's a movie podcast show where me and a guest will come on and we'll discuss a movie that we have both just seen for the first time and are giving our immediate reactions to this. Um, yeah. Uh, let me introduce my guest. This is my roommate, Kareem. He's been on <laughs> twice now already. <laughs> Why don't you say hi to everybody? <laughs> like, let's be real. If you're listening to the podcast at this point and you know who I am... Yeah, I'm Kareem. Any of those avid listeners, the number one guest probably. You're, this yeah. is your third time. This is the this, this is, is the first person. Time. They say third times the charm, so maybe this is the one that gets big on iTunes or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're finally blowing up. I hear. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so the movie we watched today was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Came out in 1975. Stars Jack Nicholson. Uh, essentially, this movie is a person who is transferred from a prison and put into a mental hospital. Um, and they're evaluating him to see if he's actually crazy, and you kind of get to know the people in the mental hospital and the controlling nurse. Yeah. Well, you find out right away that McMurphy, Jack Nicholson, is really just there because he wants to have an easier sentence. Yeah. They tell you that in the very beginning, and they're like, they like to pretend that they're still trying to figure it out, but it's pretty obvious that he's not actually mentally ill. He's just trying to have a good time. He doesn't (laughs) want to be in prison. The dude... Just yeah. had, like, sex with a 15-year-old girl. Yeah, so he's in prison for statutory, <laughs> statutory rape, rape with a 15-year-old girl, which he, he kind of justifies. <laughs> he's, like, trying to say that yeah. this wasn't that bad. He also had been in, like, five assaults. Um, so not great. So he was serving a prison sentence. He had, like, so much, like, like three, two months left or whatever, and he ended up pretending to be crazy so he could be put into this mental hospital, which is not really a spoiler. That's basically... All told, right at that's the beginning. That's like the introduction. Yeah, that's that. I would say that's part of the plot. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, what do you think, Kareem? <laughs> Spoiler-free well, thoughts. To start spo- with yeah, spoiler-free thoughts. I'll be honest. I I think the movie should just be called like the Merry Misadventures of the Mentally Ill because it's not that serious a movie. I don't think. So my initial reaction is, I can see how this is a good movie. I liked it, but people hype it up so much. It won like. Five different, like the five big awards at the Oscars. Yeah, that's what it looked like. And I have no clue what else came out that year, but I mean, it was a good movie. It was entertaining, but I've certainly seen considerably more powerful movies with a lot more symbolism and depth and more layers than this one had. Okay. I mean, I definitely think there is stuff to unpack, and there's a lot of like stuff, a lot of things they're saying, I think, about the like institution of like mental hospitals and. Like mental illness in general, I think. I think there is, there is merit there and like stuff they are saying. Yeah, but it was more lighthearted than I expected. I think it was, it was just kind of like a lot of the movie was just like these guys in the mental hospital, like making the best of the situation, and like we're watching their like misadventures. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. It was more fun, I think, than I expected. It was. It was entertaining. Yeah, the music was cool. I liked the the layering of the soundtrack. Yeah, the the soundtrack was interesting. Um. 
I wouldn't know. I feel like at the beginning, there wasn't, besides like the opening sequence, there was really not much music until they first escaped, um, which is, again, this, this is all part of the plot. I wouldn't say that's a spoiler, really. Um, but at one point, they do they do go out and then like the music it's not even that they escape they come back yeah yeah. they all come back (laughs) yeah it's not really escaping essentially because they continually try to like get out and over and over again and then just always put back they literally just go on a field trip yeah basically (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah the the music came in that part and like the music started to swell like it felt more like symbolic like the when they chose to put music in and like the choice of purposely leaving it out in some scenes. I think they also put it as a sort of irony a lot because the nurse loves that classical music mm-hmm. and you hear it at the very beginning of the movie when she starts playing it and then arguments break out and the music keeps going and you see all the bewildered faces of all the different patients in the mental ward and all throughout you just hear this like violin going in the background and it's very soothing music and the sound and the the visuals just do not link up and it's like that was a really cool contrasting irony i think mm-hmm. yeah because the music it, it sets the tone because it's like the music is in the movie it's like playing over the speakers of the thing but it's not the kind of music you would expect for like seriously mental ill patients it was like almost making light of it like you're watching this and you're kind of like laughing along with what's happening yeah which yeah. is a weird thing that i think was very purposeful that they did like they're trying to make the audience like have a light, more lighthearted tone about a more serious issue. Yeah. We got into that really quickly though. I mean, what do you think about the movie? <laughs> Overall, I, I really liked it. I think, um, it is different than what I expected. I expected more like, I don't know how to describe it. exactly. Maybe like more like, that's like an Oscar Beatty movie. Like it was like, I expected more like some big scene or like just like, yeah, I don't know. It was a different tone. I wasn't expecting any laughs, and I like found myself enjoying the film, watching it too, more than just like watching mentally ill people like in a hospital. Like yeah. there was more to it, like of just like more complexity, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's really relevant too. So some of the stuff they're saying is like still very applicable to today. Absolutely. And there's lots of other movies that are still displaying the same messages that are shown in this movie, which is interesting. Um, so I, I think it's still relevant too, which is cool. Um, and I think it holds up pretty well. I think part of what you're speaking to in terms of like, cause obviously it, it's pretty obvious that if you're going to have a movie from the seventies and it's a mental ward, there's going to be abuses of patience. And I think the, the movie does a really good job of sharing that message because it tells the story in such an episodic manner rather than some sort of continual, like you see, and some, I don't know, I can't even think of a movie off the top of my head that does this. But, like, First Man, for example, kind of has very clear progression and steps towards a movie, or towards the end, sorry. Whereas this one, you have, you know, each scene is a new episode that is kind of unrelated to the last. Mm. I think that's my, what my, my thing is. I would say like they do connect to a degree. It's it's of course. I, I, I kind of see what you're saying. It's almost more like a TV show in almost, a movie. Like yeah. it's like where the, the scenes are somewhat connected, but carry their own mini story in them. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah I can like see that. Each one of the scenes could almost stand alone. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's it's one of the, it's a very YouTube friendly movie. I feel like you know, like yeah. <laughs> where it's like each scene I could watch on YouTube separately. Yeah, you know, and I'd be like, oh, that was a good scene from that movie. And <laughs> you, you know? don't, but you don't have to watch the next mo- scene because yeah. you you got what you needed. Mm-hmm. Each like scene has a beginning, middle, and end, and yeah. comes with full closure. Yeah, but I, mean, I think yeah. as a result of doing that, it also like ha- does a good job of emphasizing certain messages, particularly when they are repeated between these episodes, if you want to so call them that. Mm. So you think like the elements that are connected through them is like what brings out the theme is like yeah. okay yeah yeah I mean that's fair I mean but also like you could say that for a lot of movies maybe you could that's, no I'm that's not saying how, it's, it's not like part it's of the a structure unique of a thing. Film. That was yeah. the structure of this one specifically. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see that. Yeah, and I think they did a good job with that. That's what I'm trying to point out. Yeah. To our no, listeners, it, it, if that didn't make sense to you, I sincerely apologize. <laughs> I think that made like 80% sense. I think. 80% sense? All right. I, kind of, I think I mostly see where you're coming from. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's just move into spoilers because I don't I don't know what's a spoiler and what's not at this point. So I just I just want to freely talk about yeah, this. So <laughs> yeah, so if you haven't seen the movie, um, go watch it. I think we both can recommend that. Heck and yeah. Uh, yeah, come back, listen to the rest of this episode. So yeah, let's jump into spoilers. Um, what does the title of the movie mean? That's one of my questions. Besides, is it just like a phrase like he's like flew over the cuckoo nest, like he's crazy. So I was thinking that? about that actually on the way here and my actually throughout the whole movie because I, w- I was waiting for the bird to fly over the, the hospital. But so immediately the cuckoo's nest is the mental ward because like you're cuckoo if you're mentally yeah. ill. So that the cuckoo's nest, nest is nest yeah. the hospital. So that's okay. the mental ward. Okay. And the you. one that flew over the cuckoo's nest is mcmurphy slash chief and it's less about who the actual person is and i think more about like the ideas that they embody um you see mcmurphy come in raging in really he like comes in and starts as soon as he's introduced like jack nicholson jumps into this passionate guy who's kind of bouncing off the walls he's laughing a ton he kisses the officer when his handcuffs are released like Mm -hmm. Um, so he comes in with all this force and energy, um, and he stirs up a storm in the cuckoo's nest, but he's hardly there more than a month and a half. I know at one point they say four weeks in, I can't imagine too much more time goes past that until Mm -hmm. he's lobotomized and chief leaves. So he's there for a very short amount of time. You have to realize these other patients are there for so long. Um, and so... It's kind of like he came and went so quickly. It's like he just flew by. One could say he flew over the cuckoo's nest. One could say he flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. Okay. I see that. Um, so this is actually also based on a book. So I, on a quick like Wikipedia search. Oh, now you're cheating. Um, <laughs> what, do you want to hear it? <laughs> I mean, go for it. Sure. I'm curious. So apparently it's a reference to a nursery rhyme, which I'm not too sure of. I'm not familiar with. Should should I read it? Uh, Vintery, mintery, cutery, corn, apple seed and apple thorn, wire, briar, limber, lock, three geese in a flock. One flew east, one flew west, and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. (laughs) I don't really know what that means. (laughs) Like, one of the the geese was crazy? I I mean, no one saw my shrug just now, but that's what I did. Yeah, he shrugged. Um, But apparently Chief, in the book, his grandmother sang a version of this song to him when he was a child, which is uh, 
later revealed when the chief received yet another ECT treatment after he's assisted McMurphy with defending George, a patient being abused by the ward's aides. Oh, we don't see that in the movie. So that was not in the movie. I don't, right? I don't think we missed no, that. No, it wasn't. So that's a kind of weird <laughs> to have to omit the meaning that is more obvious in the book. Do you think that, that I feel like that has to be purposeful. Like why they would do that. Do you like <laughs> that omission? <laughs> like, do you think your conclusion that you made on your own is better than them outright saying it or man, I don't know. I, cause I like what I said more. It makes more <laughs> sense to me. <laughs> yeah. But it does, it does connect the title to chief's history, which I think it does. His, and chief his has background with his father is a large portion of the theme of this film. Yeah. And how, he like people got to him like how yeah. we're reading about his, like people got to his father and he like let that get to him and he like people essentially worked on him and he uh, drank himself to oblivion uh, yeah <laughs> basically yeah. and that is very that parallels this arc that jack nicholson's character goes through of how the nurse kind of gets to him and eventually he's lobotomized so pour one out yeah so i could see <laughs> I could see how adding the whole story would, I feel like, tie that better together with what Chief is saying Yeah, the parallel. It makes the parallel stronger. Not that you... I mean, we still reach that conclusion, I think, but it just makes it a little more obvious. It uh, Yeah, it does. I was, That was one of my issues with the film was Chief, he's like... It's kind of obvious from the beginning of the movie that he's going to be a an important character given the way Jack Nicholson interacts with him so much and works right. on him so much. Um, but his depth is, I, I don't know. He comes out of nowhere to me almost. Really? Yeah. I, I don't think so. Cause he's, he's around like the whole movie and like they slowly build his character from a first being this deaf and mute person. That's true. Who you, you would at first appearance think is this another mental, mentally ill patient but then he's essentially doing what Jack Nicholson is doing, is faking his mental illness, which I'm still not exactly sure. Maybe you could clear that up. I don't understand why he was pretending to be deaf and mute. I think, Do I don't know how he got into the mental ward. That's what right. I'm not sure well, He was voluntary, right? Was he? Or no? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember who the ones that weren't voluntary were. Yeah. Okay, well, regardless, though, like, why is he... Like, what does he gain from doing that other than just, like, tricking everybody? Like, Well, it gives him the chance when he people think he's deaf and mute, people can just talk around him. And he can right. just, he can be, like, a brick wall and just absorb so is he everything. trying to hear, like, more secrets? Like, what? I'm still, like, I yeah, don't but he doesn't, he never seems to have a plan of action mm -hmm. for the secrets. Because when we have that speech between Chief and McMurphy, he says, like, why he shouldn't be a free spirit, basically. So I don't get what he's going to do with that information. Right. It could also be the fact just, like, he does it to get out of certain things. Like, he doesn't, because he's deaf and mute, no one really will go up and talk to him besides Jack Nicholson. So people kind of leave him alone. He gets out of, like, the therapy sessions because he can't hear or talk. So he just gets to do his own thing in the corner. Like, yeah, so maybe the part of it is to, like get out of a lot of the stuff that the other patients would have to do. I I can't really understand any other benefit that he would be getting besides that. Yeah. I don't know either. 
Yeah, and is, is there some sort of deeper meaning, like connected to his father, like of how like I would his like father to be they, like the world got to his father, so by being deaf and mute, that's his way of no one letting them get to him. Maybe actually, maybe. And yeah. so when Jack Nicholson comes in and doesn't ignore him, and he finally reveals that he can talk, that's him letting someone in for the first time. Maybe. Yeah. So that's kind of his, his growth is like being shut off from the world until making a friend essentially yeah that might be that's probably our best bet at this point yeah <laughs> i mean it makes sense that is kind of his art because he eventually escapes and it he it's like what led him to escape was that jack nicholson wanted to do it and they were going to move to like canada canada together yeah and yeah and so he's free literally from the like from the mental hospital and jack nicholson is kind of free in a sense that he doesn't have to live be alive <laughs> lobotomized like a lobotomized version of Jack Nicholson like he gets to be free from that like pain for the yeah. rest of his life so it's a more of like a figurative figurative escape well that's something I want to ask you about is that really the right thing to do because is Jack Nicholson after being lobotomized still the same person I would say no he's not the same person yeah is he because Oh, we could we could do a whole free will podcast. Yeah, if we, want. we could get in on that. We could get in on that. <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, free will. I mean, if you have no choice, which he doesn't after he's lobotomized, then he's really. But he there's clearly no individual still, characteristic that makes him unique. There's no. But he clearly still wants to live. I mean, right, she starts suffocating. But to does death. he though? I mean, sure. Like maybe he does at that moment, but ten years down the line, like he's just like a brain dead person inside like a body you can't like well, express maybe anything at like, that point he decides he wants to like be dead but you still think that's his choice to make and that it was it was unfair of the chief to well if to you're gonna him. make the argument that mcmurphy is no longer the same person that he used to be mm -hmm. it automatically becomes wrong to kill him because this new person more likely than not does not share the same values that mcmurphy held so dear so okay so does that mean what are you trying to say are you saying that he still is the same person and he, he's like a person trapped inside of a a restriction or something like that no i'm saying mcmurphy was lobotomized and he basically <laughs> was he was certainly no longer that mcmurphy that he used to be now people would like to think that he is and he no longer is who he because he no longer used to be he no longer is so who don't he think used he'd to be, be upset at the, like his, this new person of him because there's no like he's the not original gonna be would be okay with what happens to him i think you think yeah why i don't think so i mean if mcmurphy before being lobotomized finds out he's going to be lobotomized I, th I could very much so see a scene of mcmurphy going to the chief and saying chief if they do this to me I want you to end it. Yeah, okay, I see that. I, yeah. thought, I thought you were saying that he wouldn't mind being lobotomized. <laughs> no, I can't imagine anyone would want to be lobotomized. Right. Yeah, okay, okay. No, okay. that's... I agree with you. <laughs> I was like, what? Well, we agree on that. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> was it fair for him to kill him then? What is your conclusion on that? I don't have one yet. <laughs> it's That's what I'm trying to figure out. I think it was fair of him because, sure, that scene didn't happen where he was like that, but 
you can assume that and chief can assume that and anyone probably could assume that just based on like how every one of his actions and thoughts has been yeah like about independence and not being controlled by someone that's that true that's if true. this did happen to him i think he knows enough about jack nicholson's character to know that he would probably want him to end it he just can't express that he cannot express that right but that's because he might not want to be dead but why would he not want to be dead? Like, why? Because he's no longer the same person, and all of a sudden... So this new person, he like, he's, like, loving the fact that he, like, He's not think. loving anything. He can't think to know that he loves it, but we see that he still wants to live as so he's being choked, suffocated So this new person still, like, count death. enough as, like, like, a... Does he count as, like, a valid thought still? Like, does he deserve, like, his own, like, individuality? Well, he's lost it, I think. Right. So, okay, so if he's lost it... Then, like, he's just basically nothing. Like, anyone can kill him. Like, he's, like, there's, like, that mor- morality of, like, killing is lost because he's, like, no longer even a person. Because he's no longer a person or because he's no longer, like, a unique individual? Isn't that the same thing? No, I don't think so. How is it different? Because what if I, like, you made, like, an exact clone of me and he right. walks, talks, acts, and thinks exactly like I do, which is, like... A crime against humanity, probably. So they're like, both I would... people, you saying? But <laughs> so there's just like Kareem 2.0. He's exactly like me. Uh-huh. So he's no longer unique, but does he's that, still a person. Does that saying. make That's it okay to kill me or him? Assuming he's not actually well, me. We don't really need two of you. So I think there's. It's I think pure. It's a thought experiment, man. <laughs> well, that's different. No, I think both deserve to live at that point. But that's different because you both still have that like choice, like that freedom to make your own decision. Where he after he's lobotomized, he's lost that, so he's no longer really a, like a person. So then, automatically, Chief has the right to decide to kill him. Yes. Final answer. <laughs> so, in a court of law, Chief goes up to the stand, and he cannot be found guilty. So are you saying what he did is immoral, though? Things like he killed a person. That's I think it. he did the There's right no... thing. I think he. So he I want to right make thing, that clear. He... I think Chief did the right thing. But he should still go to prison. <laughs> yeah, technically. Okay. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, he did murder someone. Yeah. But I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, in the court of law, like, yeah, he murdered someone. He should go to prison. But like, the morality, I feel like, is a little different. It's more of a gray area because he's not really a person. We'll see. Which again, is a whole what different defines thing. a person, bro? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't decided that yet. A person is someone that can make their own choices. Because even if you had a clone, a, both versions of those would make their own choices. A dolphin can make its own choices. Does that make it a person? <laughs> or like a living being. Like, not a person. Like, like an animate object. <laughs> you lost so, me. Someone with life. <laughs> someone with life. What is someone? What is a... Just... <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. Philosophically, I don't know what defines a person. I think in this moment, because we spent a good minute on this. Yeah, we have. <laughs> we really fell down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Chief did the right thing. Yeah, I think he did the right thing. Yeah. Okay. But... All right, I'm going to totally ju- jump ship on this idea. Okay. I want to say I really liked <laughs> some of the angles and shots that the cinematographer <laughs> just new made. topic. Yeah, I'm just, just going to scratch that whole thing because I don't, I don't remember what got us there. Yeah, that's fair. Um... <laughs> Um, the cinematography was cool. That, that's the my next statement. Was cool. There was a lot of cool zooms, which yeah. was interesting. And initially, um, it confused me a lot. And I was like, "Did I really just like who does that?" <laughs> what the zooms? Yeah, 
it did almost feel like some of the zooms weren't super purposeful, you know? <laughs> it was, it was just like, random. why are you getting really close to yeah. the face right now? <laughs> and the face is, like, super just blank. There's no, like, they zoom up super close on Nurse Ratchet's face, uh-huh. which I love that her name is Ratchet. Um, uh-huh. But, yeah. This is, the, the zooms were cool. Um, there were some shots where they're just, like, especially at the very beginning of the movie, a lot of shots are just, like, down hallways. Um, and we see people walking towards or away from the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, or you're always, like, looking through a window to see the action or through a door window. Again, yeah. little little things like that. Well, through the door, that can be a little deeper meaning. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's like we're metaphor. looking into this, like, this trap, this cage yeah. that they're all in. Yeah. That can't escape. And our final shot before, our penultimate shot is the broken window, mm-hmm. followed by Chief running off into the sunrise, mm-hmm. which and, I think might uh, be another metaphor. Yeah. Instead of running off into the sunset, it's a new day. He's going into the sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you cracked it. I cracked it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, a lot of stuff was purposeful. A lot of, like, everything about it was very, yeah. like done very well um yeah no i agree um other other smaller things we'll comment on before we go into these more deeper discussion points danny devito is in this movie i didn't even recognize him yeah, until it you pointed me- it out. <laughs> that looks nothing like danny devito <laughs> it took me like what a good 30 minutes to figure that out yeah, and right. i was like oh crap that's, that's danny devito, danny DeVito. <laughs> and you're like no it's not yeah, it wasn't until he like spoke or like until we saw like a like a far away shot, yeah, and like and he was standing, like... and he's like four ten. Like, oh, that is Danny DeVito. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was really funny. I liked him. I yeah. liked his character a lot, actually. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about Danny DeVito in general. Because <laughs> he's so, <laughs> he's a whole. You could do a whole podcast on Danny DeVito. Honestly, side note: Just... Nick has been watching Always Sunny in Philadelphia recently. I have. I've been watching a lot, of and that. he's loving it every I, I also, second. Yeah, I honestly would argue that they're playing the same character too. No, they're not. Come on, man. <laughs> Danny DeVito and It's Always Sunny is just a person who's not yet put in a mental hospital. <laughs> but there, there is so much to unpack with that character. Like, I don't know. Actually, if anything, like, the guy in It's Always Sunny is crazier than the yeah. guy portrayed in this film. Yeah. Um, actually, speaking of the characters in this movie, I, I like them all a lot. They were all they were all characters. They were just all certain pretty well characters. Yeah, they were developed. Yeah. I Everyone liked... had their own thing. Like, Crenshaw had his whole thing about the cigarettes, like a whole 10-minute scene. Like, yeah. Billy had a whole huge arc. I loved um, Billy's arc. Yeah. That was awesome, I think. That was one of the most, like, beautiful moments of this film, yeah. I think. Yeah. And one of the more serious a l- points of it. A little, I'm not going to say cliche, but predictable. Um, you thought he was going to die at the end? No, I didn't think he was going to die at the end, but when you hear, like, about his attempted suicide because his mom finds out about this as soon as we see him having that conversation with nurse ratchet and she's like i'm gonna tell your mom and then he starts Mm -hmm. he's literally on his knees begging her to not so as soon as we see him being dragged away like screaming and kicking and everything it's like all right he's dead no one heard my snap (laughs) yeah thanks bro (laughs) but anyway about your point yeah no i agree um yeah it is a little predictable but but again great, there's still a lot to art. say with it there i think is. and it's better the movie is better because of the inclusion of that whole character and the choices he I made. i agree i agree um, yeah um so i will say this is also similar to a movie you haven't seen the movie unsane have you steven soderbergh it came out like 
April of last year, which it has a very similar story to this, which is why I wanted to bring it up because that story is basically a person who like wants to seek therapy. She goes to a mental hospital voluntarily and they basically commit her like they after the therapy session they basically tell her that she needs to stay and they're holding her against her will and they like like involuntarily commit her and she so she can't out can't get out and slowly over the course of the film she becomes crazier because of the medication they're giving and the environment she's surrounded with with other crazy people yeah that she slowly turns crazy into herself when all the mental hospital is doing is they committed her because they want money because it's it's a business in itself and they're trying to make money yeah so interesting interesting it's it's weird how strong i feel like the parallel is between these two films and how relevant this issue is about mental hospitals and it almost running as a sort of business you know because like why are they really committing like Jack Nicholson's character, do you really think it's at the best interest of his health? Because the other people were like, he needs to get out of this, and the only one who really wanted him to stay was the nurse for the mental hospital. I don't get her, man. She was messed up. Right. I agree. That's one thing. But, yeah, all, like, all the doctors could tell that there wasn't actually anything wrong with him. He just didn't want to be in jail, so he was faking some... Right, but to be fair, he is dangerous. I, they use that word a lot. I agree. For he's his dangerous. Character. I, oh, he totally is. He takes a bunch of mentally mm-hmm. ill guys out on a fishing trip, super randomly. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of things he does that are just like immoral and yeah. aggressive and dangerous. But he he should be put in prison for that. And I think they should have put him back into prison once he, especially after he escaped and did, took the little fisherman scene and yeah. all that, like. I'm not sure really the reason Mrs. Ratchet wanted him to stay at the hospital. I think she had a little bit of a complex because she was she like, like enjoyed the the torturing aspect of it. Like no, she like no, I don't think him. it was the. To- I mean, maybe on some level she did, but I think when we're introduced to her initially, she runs a very clearly runs a very tight ship. Mm-hmm. Like that side nurse she has hardly opens her mouth and says more than five words. I think in the whole movie. Um, <laughs> She's got her whole routine going. She loves to intimidate and dig into all of these mental, like all to these, all these patients. Each mm-hmm. of these meetings is really just instigating issues. It's not therapeutic. It's only making things worse um, for each of the characters. Um, she like insults and attacks all of them. And so the introduction of McMurphy is this new challenge for her to like conquer. Um, and so for him to just leave and go back to prison after all the work quote-unquote damage he did to her system would like would not let her return to the way it used to be unless she was able to like crack him and make him as subservient as the rest of them are so it's like a it's like a her own like satisfaction of like cracking him and figuring it out that that she needs to do herself so it's like a personal no, thing not she even wants. Figure him out, just break him, mm-hmm. and that eventually comes at the cost of getting him lobotomized, right? Which I'm sure she's okay. loving. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, yeah, I can see that, and I think that's probably what it was going for. I just the only reason I brought up the movie Unsane is because they 
took a more like financial approach, like as if this is like a business and like they're committing people not for like their personal vendettas or because they're trying to break individuals down, but because it's they're like a company that wants to stay profitable and so they commit people like that. And I don't know if this movie is necessarily saying that, but there is something to be said how regardless people like people are being committed like this that may not deserve to, like, be. deserve to be yeah essentially i agree with that and i don't really know enough about this issue of how like real this is in real life and like why this is happening <laughs> besides it maybe being an economic thing or like a financial thing or in this movie it seems to be more of a personal thing so it seems less of a message in this movie to me i don't know i remember like I want to say it was 2015, may or maybe a couple years off. There was like an issue on Rikers Island, which is this prison in New York, not even 30 miles from Manhattan, I don't think. It's on this island. Um, and there was an issue with two prison guards, I'm pretty sure, like leaving mentally ill patients to die just in their cells. Like one of them was having a cardiac arrest or something. Uh-huh. Um, and the guards just let him be. And they obviously gain nothing from that financially or otherwise. Right. And maybe like tangible, but they still let it just happen. So I think it's a comment on this sort of complex that evolves in people who have power. Um, they go on like a power trip and just want to see think that's people what it suffer. Is, is that the, the message taken away from this movie is that? People in, in authority at mental hospitals often take power trips and like think they have the they own the rights of the people that yeah. like, are hospitalized there. Yeah, and I think you could even go so far as to say that they think they're doing good through their actions. They have they're like looking through some little uh, like a rose tinted glass mm-hmm. that so everything is blurred for them. They think. You know, they don't know how to think for themselves. I need to think for them. I know what's better for them. Mm-hmm. And then it just goes down a very dark and twisted path. Yeah, I can see that. And that that's like represented a lot throughout the film with various things in the hospital that they do too, like mm-hmm. how no one can go behind the glass where like the, the nurse's station is or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. like there's certain symbolic things like that where that represents their power over the individual. Like they yeah. keep telling like uh cheswick to sit down um every time he just keeps standing up and talking back even though he's voluntarily come there um it's so not obvious that all these people are voluntarily committed because they have no power themselves they're completely controlled by the nurses there and it's actually funny now that um we mentioned this i'm the amount of times you see Nurse Ratched standing in her little booth behind the closed glass glass window, mm-hmm. um, just sitting and watching as like chaos erupts. Um, and initially, it's like she the very beginning of the movie. It's when she's being successful and keeping them down. And then as Jack Nicholson riles the crew up more and more, she starts having little panic attacks. Like there's the one point where. Uh, McMurphy makes up that baseball game and she's in the glass like looking through the microphone or talking right. through the microphone saying like stop please stop and all mm-hmm. this and um, I think that's like one of those moments that's very emblematic of her losing her control over this system that she's designed so carefully yeah yeah I can see that I agree so what do you think they're trying to say about this whole thing of turning essentially normal individuals into crazier people 
Like what? What? What are they trying to go with there? Besides, is it just like a power trip thing, and that's like what it is? Like, besides her, like what is her like really her motive, and like what is the film trying to say about Jack Nicholson being lobotomized by the end? I don't know if there's necessarily anyone who's in that movie who's normal by typical average societal norms, but I think that's an interesting question that you bring up. Because, like, Jack Nicholson, even there's even, like, a speech in the film where, like, once he finds out everyone's been voluntarily committed, and he's like, well, why just, like, you're yeah. a teen, like, especially to Billy, he's like, you're a teenager, like, go out and be, like, living the world. Like, why did you choose to come here? And, like, yeah. if you think you don't well, you're not well, and, like, people, they're too afraid to leave the door, and, like, everyone's too afraid to go. And, and that that, like, arc is shown at the end when I think Chief breaks out and he's, like, running off into like the fields or whatever that's like he finally was the first person to like break free of this prison that they've all put themselves in yeah i think i think chief's speech is what highlights what the issue is and he says like people who are free get beat down it's no like it's a known fact that when you try to think outside the box or go outside certain norms you get punished for it by society Mm -hmm. people around you um and punish sounds weird but like people will try to keep you in it's almost sort of herd mentality um so i think you're getting something there (laughs) yeah so they're they're terrified they're like oh my god what if i mess up what if i do something wrong i'm i'm not ready for this i need to be kept safe so they bow down to this system that nurse ratchet sets up and the whole mental institution they buy into the concept um sorry not trying to say that mental institutions are inherently bad they can help plenty of people (laughs) Um, (laughs) but but yeah no i think i kind of i'm gonna argue this because i think maybe the film is almost saying that this whole mental hospital is more representative of just society in general and that like people don't like society as a whole doesn't like when people go out of the norm or do something weird and so these people aren't necessarily crazy in fact maybe none of these people are crazy but these are just people who have individuality and like think for themselves and it's it's not the same as what everyone else wants yeah so the nurse is more representative of what a normal like homogenous person is and like jack nicholson is trying to break that and he's trying to bring these people with him you know because like it's almost like in real life like if someone has a crazy idea like you're told you're crazy like you know like mm-hmm. if someone has like a brand new idea like people are going to shut it down so that's granted like, half the time your idea probably does suck anyways but right but i think a lot of <laughs> okay sure <laughs> so but i do think a lot of people get <laughs> Ugh, you're ruining my point <laughs> but no you're but right no, I, I agree i agree i think what happens is when people tell you your idea is crazy that a lot of people end up believing that and mm-hmm. that's these like this voluntarily committed quote unquote thing is like people have believed that what everyone else is telling them and that they're crazy and so yeah. eventually you believe you're crazy even though they're not and like when they do they start doing like shock therapy or whatever on like Jack Nicholson that's like he wouldn't believe that he was crazy he still thought he was a normal person and like he wasn't listening to what the nurses were saying so eventually they forced it onto him and eventually they lobotomized him. Yeah. And yeah, it's really a dark message if that's really what it is. <laughs> it's that <laughs> like <Yeah>. society <laughs> isn't letting you have your own thought. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And yeah. Dang. <laughs> 
we cracked the code. Yeah, it's it's good. Um, so another question I have is, do you empathize with Jack Nicholson's character? Oh yeah, big time. That dude rocks. Like, <laughs> but beyond the fact that he committed a whole slew of crimes to get to where he did. I mean, he is a rapist, and he is he, a rapist, he and he assault does assault five people, and he assaults people, but he. I think the film goes very much so out of its way to never portray him as the bad guy. Right. And I think putting him as the lead character naturally makes you want to empathize with him. Mm -hmm. And I think with what I was saying about how if this is actually more symbolic representation of what society is, then I think you are to sympathize with him. And I mean, he does do bad things in the movie, but I think maybe you are supposed to be like, yeah, people like he maybe you've done bad things, but it doesn't make him a person that you should control like it doesn't make him yeah it's it's showing a complex image of this character i feel like i don't know i don't know about if it's a sincerely complex image i think we just i mean they're showing good and bad of what he is like they want you feel bad because people are trying to control him and eventually lobotomize him and he dies like yeah and like that's sad but he's also done bad things but he also and again not to like necessarily say he didn't do anything wrong but in his initial interview um, the doctor is saying you've gone into like five fights can you explain why that is and then he talks about this pro boxer who's been like this guy's been in 40 fights and he's a millionaire mm-hmm. um, and again not to justify underage statutory rape that's pretty messed up yeah that was a little hard though <laughs> on some level like I also just saw American Beauty very recently. So this whole idea of like (laughs) grasping life and, you know, just going head in, like head on, just doing your thing Mm -hmm. is kind of fresh in my mind. So I think Jack Nicholson's character isn't a bad guy by any means. We don't actually ever see him do anything wrong. Um, He's leading like this group of misfits Mm -hmm. and he's trying to protect them and stand up for them. And in the process, he just does what feels best and what feels right. And he, right. like, I mean, he doesn't care what anybody else thinks of him. Which yeah. is and we also don't see him idealistic, causing almost. harm to other people. Like he help, tries to help out as much as he can all of the the patients in the ward with him. The only mm-hmm. thing we see him do is go and try to choke Nurse Ratchet, which right. was an incredibly you, triumphant uh, moment for me. I absolutely loved that. <laughs> I would like. Oh, it was yeah, great. I wish she actually sucks. died. Um, I was, yeah, I thought that I was, was going to happen. And I was like, ooh, that interesting, been an interesting. Incredible clothes. And it, yeah. she's freaking lived. <laughs> like, yeah. I would have been totally fine if she died and he still got lobotomized and killed and all that. Like, yeah, it changes the message of the film a bit. It does change the message of the film a lot. It's, it's a much. It's like darker yeah. ending that, that wall that you're trying to break down. Yeah, you're not yeah. going to break it down. If you have your own individual ideas, you will still eventually be forced <laughs> into submission. Exactly. <laughs> that is basically what it is. Yep. But Chief, to be fair, Chief does make it out. And, and I so think that's that is what the idea is. Maybe. Yeah. I like think... While Billy dies and Jack Nicholson characters dies, there, there is hope that people can maybe get out. The message there is that it does. it's not about any one person. No, this whole movie is not about any one person. It's about systems and ideas combating one another. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you kill off one person, one messenger, another person picks it up and will just take can keep the story running. 
Um, right. So Chief is the new Jack Nicholson. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up finding himself in another mental ward at some point and picks up the same role. Yeah, maybe. It was interesting is that I feel like this theme, this general theme of like someone putting you into submission and you're trying to break free of that is like very relatable in many different senses that people can like attach themselves to. Like I feel like like just like racial inequality, like you could make an argument that this is like representative of that and like how they can't have their own yeah. f- like free speech essentially and like that people are like forcing them into submission because that's like what the norm is is to like you know like i feel like there's many routes that this film can people can like relate to even though and they just happen to represent that in a hospital setting with mentally ill patients speaking of race i know this might be a bit of a left turn but do you think that there's any role race plays in the movie like you notice that all, yeah, the, all the serve, all the like, the helpers of the hospital. All the are helpers black. are black. All the people who are running the show are white, and then all the nurses are women. All the nurses are women, and then the other thing is, Chief is Native American. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's some sort of message, maybe? Like, yeah, I probably. <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean. It's hard to say because we also hear because, like, na- like Native American style sounding music. Yeah, with that was really interesting. Yeah. yeah, when he was killing Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. there, it was the, the music choice was very yeah. obvious of, as to what it yeah. was. But I'm not entirely sure what they're trying to say with that. Is it is it, is it like a representation of what racial inequality is, and this is like a person breaking out of that mold and like hope for. A more equal future. Well, see, I'm also like trying values. to. I'm trying to think of this from a 1975 right. perspective. That's when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what is attached to Native Americans, and I think of like free people who are roaming the land, like at a spiritual peace with the world around them. And I think that might be what chief ultimately embodies is this spirituality and freedom and they're playing off that notion through his native american ethnicity okay yeah maybe again i'm trying to play through the 1975 lens right it's hard i mean it's possible that they were trying to go for this like like stick up to the man, like racial, like equality kind of thing. But I don't, and it's hard to say what it was. You know, it could yeah. very well be face value too. Just like, or just back to the society thing of it's not representative at all about race, and there's no connection to him being Native yeah. American. But I feel like that's also hard to believe. But it's also from the book. Like the in the book, he's Native mm-hmm. American, and that came out in the '60s too. That was like 1962. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'm not sure. You could, uh, yeah. Yeah. And the book apparently is actually narrated by Chief, too. So is it? I think, yeah, this, I think so this the book is, is this much is more Chief's focused story. on. Yeah. But from just Jack Nicholson's perspective, you know, the movie starts with him and it ends with him, essentially. But I mean, there's one more shot of Chief running off, but. Um, what is the opening scene in this movie? Uh, there was the car coming in, and then I feel, and then I think it was. Oh, it's Nurse Ratchet is the first character we're introduced to. 
Um, it, and we see like general happenings in the hospital. And then we it see Jack Nicholson enter. It seems very peaceful, actually. It seems very peaceful up until Jack Nicholson enters. So I think there's also right. an argument to be made. Of, well, like, these people like have already been beaten into submission almost. Like It's like all their craziness. Like They've admitted to themselves that they're crazy. Yeah. It wasn't until Jack Nicholson shows up that they think otherwise. Yeah, it was funny. One of the like, little things you see happening as she walks in is a nurse sitting down at a bed with a man who's been tied up overnight he's like chained to his bed mm-hmm. um and he wakes up with a f- smile as the guy is unchained like the nurse is unlocking him and saying like hope you're hungry and the guy's like you bet i am <laughs> it's like this is such a weird conversation to be having as you're being yeah. unchained from your bed right well yeah it's like these people have like almost been taught that it's that is normal you know like that this like sort of like but they're at peace they're, power is i'm not gonna say they're happy i wouldn't say they're happy i would say they've been like manipulated into thinking they're happy but does that mean they're not happy yeah i think so i don't think because so because they don't have any they're not using their own free will to like believe that like that's someone else's opinion that they've tricked themselves into believing is their own does happiness stem from free will do you choose to be happy <laughs> Stop it. no seriously do you ever choose to be happy you don't just snap your fingers and all of a sudden it's you have a smile on your face and. But you can make steps towards being happy. I think you. you I think have you can the make productive to... steps towards having a better mindset, which creates happiness on some level. <laughs> I think there is a correlation between the two. I think the more free will you have, the better chance you are at having happiness. See, I just want to play devil's advocate, and I'm going to embrace <laughs> the idea that the world was better before Jack Nicholson was introduced. You know, I appreciate systems for imprisoning free will. That rules. What kind of <laughs> argument is that? I definitely don't think but that. But there's an I mean, argument. There's certainly be an argument there. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like what communist happy. societies are. Like, Hey, communism is sick, dude. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah pro-communist here <laughs> i don't know watch me run it's... for political office in like 60 years and that is pulled up <laughs> kareem Denon. yeah yeah no i don't know <laughs> um there's an there can be an argument to be made there I, I think so i just don't personally buy into that i don't know i like jack nicholson he upsets the norm sure but like do you want the norm to be like no one thinking for themselves no one like breaking out and like, like creating new ideas like, how, how, matrix, do you, how do you progress right? yeah. that was one of the movies he talked we, on we the, show. the show yeah the people in the matrix are happy they're living great lives i think it the world outside the matrix sucks it absolutely sucks but that's the world of free will so that right there is like a right. movie so, that dives again, it's into like this the, whole the blue pill the red pill you know like do you want to know sure yeah do you want to be i have no clue which pill is which color but i forget too i think the it doesn't really is... matter the point being yeah. Do you forget or not? And I think there can is certainly an argument right. to be made. That's fair. I mean, I, that again, that's that's free will in itself too. Like choosing to be content, living in this hospital, like being voluntarily committed, like accepting the power relationship that you have with the nurses, and just like being content with that, or choosing to like break out of that and like not be in this hospital and like yeah. escape like in itself that is kind of a choice so there is still some sort of free will and and being in submission you know? you know just to bolster my point a little further after jack nicholson is taken away for choking nurse ratchet mm-hmm. the word seems great it seems clean in good condition things are quiet peaceful nurse right. ratchet seems to be a little bit less of a awful human being but 
things are at peace. You know, Jack Nicholson was always riling people ending. up. It may what, very well have turned been. into like I mean the ending is like the, he got listen, think about like, it. Ignore his story. He's <laughs> he's just he's the enemy in actually this version of the story. From the hospital's perspective, sure. I'm going from that perspective. And you come in and you see everything is going well, you know, remind you just, you know, most of the people in there are still voluntary and they've still chosen to stay they've rejected this notion of individuality and they embrace systematic peace yeah so there's your other yeah i mean that is yeah that's fair i mean that is perspective i think the movie is trying to show um but i it's more it's yeah i guess it's more the audience audience's choice of like whether you side with the hospital or whether you side with Jack Nicholson and like breaking out of that homogenous and like norm. You yeah. Know? I'm just, I was playing devil's advocate for most of that, but <laughs> I wanted to highlight that. I thought that was like another little thing that we completely ignored, I think for a little bit. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think that's a very interesting thing that the movie brings up. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's a little more under the surface mm-hmm. than the other story. Yeah, I agree. All right. Final um, thoughts. What are you thinking? Yeah, what do you recommend? Start wrapping up. Whatever I've, you do, your yeah, thing. Let's do two more questions. So, do you think this movie ages well? And do you think the issues and the themes that it brings up is still relevant to today? So, the issues are definitely still relevant mm-hmm. um, in terms of aging well. Because of that, it helps it age better. But um, I don't know. I still have like certain issues with the fact that this movie could be like if this movie were recreated in 2019, it would be a lot more serious than it is it wouldn't feature all these like misadventures um i think so yeah so in terms of how it ages i think because it was trying to like apply to a broader audience in 1975 Mm -hmm. it had to be a little lighthearted a little more lighthearted than it could be today that's interesting but i do think but it ages well it surprisingly ages well i think and it's like almost really sad how much this is like still needs to be talked about and like what the message is really saying. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's super relatable. I think to anybody, I think anyone can find some sort of bit that they can like latch onto, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So would you recommend this movie then? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a classic. So you got to see it. <laughs> Why the hesitation? <laughs> yeah, I would recommend it. I wouldn't watch it again, but I'd recommend it. Really? Yeah, I, I would watch it. I again, think you honestly. have to watch it. You just—it's one of those movies you just gotta watch. Mm-hmm. But now I think that we've talked about it. It makes me want to watch it a little bit more now and focus more on what the hospital's perspective is instead of like try to empathize less with Jack Nicholson and more with Mrs. Ratchet. I think that would be a fun like exercise to do. Yeah, I'll just read a synopsis <laughs> online and recreate it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, we gotta start wrapping it up. So, thanks for coming on, Cream. Yeah. My pleasure. It's a, it's a blast to uh, <laughs> discuss this film with you. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll have a new new episode next Saturday at five. Uh, I'm not sure what it's gonna be yet, but stay tuned. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. 